Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? It's going great. It's uh, my favorite month of the year. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up this week. Uh, NCAA Tournament, March Madness Basketball coming up this week. So March Madness, that's great. Sportball, amazing. <laughs> it's also, our, can we say why today is special? Oh, sure. Today is your birthday. It's my literal birthday. Yeah, we're recording on Monday, which is my birthday. Pie day uh, for those who celebrate 3.14. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So instead of a uh, like a birthday cake, uh, are you going to have a pie? I usually opt for a pie, although my family made me salted brownies. Sure, I'll last go for, night. I'll take that. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and take take that for sure. Can you? I wonder if there's a, such a thing as like a salted brownie pie. Oh, there you go. I'm, I mean, if there isn't, just make it in a pie dish and all of a sudden there is. You're a great baker. <laughs> I think you could make that happen. I love baking. And it turns out I was like, oh, Dan, did you and Calvin make these? And they're like, don't forget about Natalie. So apparently my not even two year old was up there helping with the brownies. So we'll see how they taste. She, I'm going to find out tonight. <laughs> maybe she's got her little easy bake oven. She's over yeah, there right. in the corner making it happen. <laughs> right. Um, OK, well. As always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Glass Animals is the first British group since the Spice Girls in 1997 to spend multiple weeks at number one on the Hot 100 with a single as Heat Waves logs its second week atop the list. Plus, Dua Lipa makes history on the Hot 100 as her long-running hit Levitating breaks the record for the most weeks on the chart by a woman. Meanwhile, her new single with Megan Thee Stallion, Sweetest Pie, takes a bite out of the charts as it arrives on multiple charts, including the Pop Airplay tally. Also on the show, we're talking about Dolly Parton's decision to bow out of her nomination for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she's not, quote unquote, rock enough. We'll discuss her decision and the history of the Rock Hall's less than rock and roll inductees. So stick around for that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. Let's do the chart chat. First up 
on the Billboard Hot 100, Glass Animals, Heat Waves, hangs in at number one for a second week, becoming the first song by a British group to spend more than a single week at number one since the Spice Girls wannabe spent four weeks atop the list in 1997. Heat Waves also rises to number one on the all-format radio songs chart. And the Heat Waves action doesn't stop there, as the song rules the Billboard Global 200 for a third week and reaches number one on the Global Excluding U.S. chart for the first time. Both charts rank the most popular songs in the world, with the latter list tabulating the popularity of songs globally, but just subtracting the United States from the mix. That's why it's called Excluding U.S. (laughs) The name just rolls off the tongue. (laughs) Also on the global charts, Camila Cabello's, is it Bum Bum? Are we going with that as the, how to pronounce it? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, you'd think it was Bam Bam, 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 but the way she pronounces it in the song is definitely closer to Bum Bum. Bum Bum. Uh, Featuring Ed Sheeran, debuts at number 10 on the Global 200. The single also starts at number 23 on the Hot 100, number 22 on the Pop Airplay chart, and number 13 on the Streaming Songs chart. By the way, I should say, friends of the podcast, Camila Cabello and Ed Sheeran. Collective friends of the podcast. Come on back, you guys. Yeah, anytime. Standing standing invite. Sure. Next, back on the <laughs> Hot 100, Dua Lipa's Levitating spends a 70th week on the chart, breaking the record for the most weeks ever spent on the list for a song by a woman. It surpasses the 69 weeks spent by Leanne Rimes' How Do I Live in 1997 and 1998. Among all acts, Levitating is just the fifth single to spend at least 70 weeks on the Hot 100, dating back to the chart's August 1958 inception. The weekend's Blinding Lights amassed a record 90 weeks on the chart in 2019 through 2021. Last year, Levitating was named the biggest song of the year on the Hot 100 as it crowned the year-end Hot 100 list, and, of course, Dua Lipa joined us on the Pop Shop when we uh, revealed... To celebrate that achievement. We revealed that news to her over the uh, yeah. over the podcast airwaves. Pretty awesome. In other Dua Lipa news, her new single, Sweetest Pie, with Mayan the Stallion, gallops in at number 29 on the pop airplay chart. Katie, have you seen the video and heard the song for Sweetest Pie? I sure have. It is. It is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff happening in that video. You know, what's funny is I edited an article on Friday about um, the song and our writer, Haran, she described the video as body horror. I was like, what does that mean? So then I watched the video and then I, I texted her and said, I wish I didn't know what that meant now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a totally like, eye-catching video to say the very least Um, eye-catching yeah there's certainly a scene that involves eyeballs too um when they like slice a slice of pie out of dua's cheek oh my lord so much weird stuff going on in there the amount of special effects in that video is just wild yeah i can imagine how much it took in the army of like cgi you know, knob twiddlers to like make this mm-hmm. video happen. Um, it's a lot. It's a and it's a saucy song too. Like Megan is no stranger to a saucy song, and Dua has her own sassy pop hits. But it was definitely next level for Dua. I think. Yeah, I enjoyed it though. It's fun. It's it, it's a lot. It's a lot. There's a there's a. It's Pie Day, everybody. All it's, right. pie, it's sweetest pie day. Please tell me one of them made that joke on Monday. I I'll have so. to look it up. All right. Lastly, on the Billboard 200 albums chart, the Encanto soundtrack scores a ninth week at number one. But can it go for 10? 
Well, it may fall to Little Dirk's new album, 7220, which was released last Friday. Little Dirk has topped the chart once previously with his collaborative set, The Voice of the Heroes with Little Baby. And Little Dirk has notched two albums that peaked at number two, Just Cause Y'all Waited Two in 2020 and The Voice in 2021. We shall see. I mean, Encanto, it's got if it's not if it's not next week, it'll it'll probably come back again. It, yeah, if, we'll if, see. if little Dirk ends up being number one it, and if I mean, it really kind of depends on what happens, what comes out this Friday and the Friday yeah. after that. We have the Academy Awards right around the corner, too. And Encanto is nominated for three Oscars. And we assume that Dos Oraguitas, which is nominated for Best Original Song, will probably be performed on the show. So you figure that action might generate some interest in the album? You would think so. But stay tuned to the pop shop to find out. Meanwhile, Dolly Parton made headlines this week when she took to her social media to bow out of her nomination for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She said, thanks, but no thanks. Wish I could do a Dolly voice right now, but I can't. I don't think she literally <laughs> said thanks, but no thanks. No, she did not. But like, that is the vibe. Okay. She's very, very grateful for the honor. I mean, I will read what she wrote. Uh, she wrote, uh, quote, even though I'm extremely flattered and grateful to be nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't feel that I have earned that right. I really do not want votes split because of me. So I must respectfully bow out. Man, everything Dolly does is cool and, you know, charming and, and cute. <laughs> even when even when she's saying no thank you. <laughs> uh, the nomination was Parton's first for the Rock Hall, with the singer-songwriter being nominated alongside artists including Beck, Devo, Kate Bush, Eminem, Rage Against the Machine, Carly Simon, and others. Her post continued, quote, I do hope the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will understand and will be willing to consider me again if I'm ever worthy. This has, however, inspired me to put out a hopefully great rock and roll album at some point in the future, which I've always wanted to do. I'd like to hear that. Keith? Sure. I mean, Dolly can do no wrong. I would love to hear that. And she actually added in her in her uh, post that her husband, Carl Dean, is a huge rock fan and that he's always encouraged her to make a rock album someday. So, I mean, if this is just a big publicity stunt for her to put out a rock album, I'm down with that, too. <laughs> and then she can get inducted another year. But um, basically, we we're bringing this up today because, you know, I feel like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has gone through an evolution over the years. Um but there's been a lot of talk about whether people who have been nominated or inducted are, you know, quote unquote, rock and roll enough. And so Dolly sort of is reigniting that conversation with this move because she's using the literal term of rock and roll, saying, I don't make rock and roll music. I shouldn't be in this Hall of Fame. Um, you know, she's already a country music Hall of Famer, uh, which obviously she gladly accepted and thought she had earned. But she thinks that it means rock genre. And let's just look at recent years. Um, I'm not sure Keith, she's been looking at recent inductees, to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, the most recent example would probably be Jay-Z in 2021. Last year he was inducted. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of arguments to be made about ro whether rock and roll is like more about an attitude or whether, you know, it's kind of using the term rock to generally refer to popular music at this point, which I think is probably the case. But, you know, with somebody like Jay-Z being inducted, accepting 
his induction and then Dolly saying, no, thank you, because I'm not rock. Like, what do you Keith, what are your thoughts on this sort of, you know, the disagreement, I guess, of what people think this this thing stands for? I think our awards editor, Paul Grine, had a, a pretty basic way of of framing this in his story that he posted today on March 14th, he said, at this point, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is just a name. The organization is well on its way to becoming the Contemporary Music Hall of Fame. Mm. In fact, if not in a name, and country should absolutely be part of that equation. And he added, let's hope Parton's decision doesn't make the Rock Hall shy away from recognizing other country artists like, say, Garth Brooks, whose showmanship in concert, which has influenced a generation of country artists, would make him an excellent candidate for the award next year. You know, who I was surprised to see was not yet in the Hall of Fame is uh, Willie Nelson. Obviously, he is already eligible. Actually, Keith, you um, sent me the uh, requirements for eligibility. I don't know if you see that here on our document, if you would like to read that to us. Uh, Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, to quote the Rock Hall, it is to be eligible for nomination, an individual artist or band must have released its first commercial recording at least 25 years prior to the year of nomination. That's it. Yeah. So there's nothing said about like must have recorded, you know, something that was deemed a rock album on the Billboard charts or something like, you know, there's nothing well, about rock I, in that description. There's I think uh, I think one, the Rock Roll Hall of Fame was. Uh, a a thing that was invented in the early 1980s as like a sort of a foundation as an organization and it didn't actually induct anyone until i think 1986 mm-hmm. and at the time the, the the and it still holds today at the time they said okay anyone that had released their first song 25 years before that so that you know at that point you were looking at people from the early 60s that's rock and roll. That's that that was sort of the standard of popular music. And also music that was the dawn of sort of the rock era uh, mm-hmm. as we know it today. You know, sort of, you know, guitar based music, you know, a, a, you know, a band with four members, you know, Bill Haley and the Comets, Rock Around the Clock, Elvis Presley, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they probably maybe thought about in 1986 but maybe didn't fully kind of appreciate what would happen is in 1986, hip hop and rap and dance and disco and sort of pure pop was becoming incredibly popular and Mm -hmm. overtaking in some capacity, the popularity of quote unquote rock and roll music. Now, obviously in the eighties, there was tons and tons of rock music that was incredibly commercially successful, widely respected, critically adored. Yes. But in the eighties, you have Janet Jackson, Madonna, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, all these sort of pop and and hip hop acts that are Mm -hmm. incredibly influential, commercially successful and undeniable in terms of their overall pop culture influence and influence on youth culture, which is a phrase that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has used repeatedly in describing their honorees about how these honorees have impacted youth culture. So I think that was a long ramble. I think they called it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just because that was that sounded correct at the time. And I think the name itself has become antiquated in a way because they, for a a great number of years, a whole bunch of 
inductees have been from outside what is sort of considered the rock and roll genre. Yeah, let me run through a few more previous inductees. Um, you know, we talked about Jay Z in 2021. In 2020, we had the notorious B.I.G. and Whitney Houston. In 2019, we had Janet Jackson, who you mentioned. 2018, Nina Simone. 2017, Tupac Shakur. 2016, NWA. 2015, Bill Withers. Did he make some things that were rock, pop, soul? I mean, it's like things get fuzzy, right? 2013, Donna Summer. 2010, ABBA. 2009, Run DMC. 2008, Case Girl Madonna. 2002, Isaac Hayes, Brenda Lee. I mean, she had rockin' around the Christmas tree. Rockin' is right there in the title, but she was definitely a, a pretty country poppy uh, act. 2001, Michael Jackson arguably had some rock songs. Bad is a, is a you know, rock pop album, pop rock. Uh, 1997, the Jackson 5 and the Bee Gees. So it's not like a recent phenomenon. I, I think that a lot of the kind of, you know, hand-wringing about the rock hall has been honestly because of hip hop. Like no one, I don't know. Maybe people were mad. They might have been mad in 1997 when the Bee Gees, all of a sudden, disco was in the rock hall. You know, but like the modern conversation has seemed to be targeting mostly hip hop. And there's like Dee Snider of Twisted Sister, Gene Simmons from Kiss, who are always just like very vocal about how these other genres should not be inducted and how they should start a hip hop hall of fame. They should start a pop hall of fame and kind of leave their rock hall alone, basically. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that the debate is going to continue, but I think that the evolution makes all the sense in the world. And I honestly think that the name is sort of iconic. And like I said at the beginning represents more of like a attitude and like a swagger than a literal genre. You know, so having said all this, what do we think about Dolly's decision to remove herself? Is is it the right call? Does it make sense to you? Do you understand why she did it, Keith? I mean, yes and no. I think Dolly. It's funny. I've watched at some point in the past. I remember watching a Dolly Parton interview from a long like the 70s. I think it might have been a Barbara Walters interview from like back when she was doing like Here You Come Again and two doors down, kind of, kind of having her first foray into pop crossover success. And that was a very conscious decision of her to want to cross over to pop. And I, she said something to the effect of, I'm not leaving country. I'm still country. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. And, and she's always been very, very proud of her roots as a country musician. So I think it comes from a pure place where it's, it's not, yeah. I, I think she's very honored to have been considered in the mix. I think it's just her wanting to make sure that she, maybe she feels like, it's like, look, I don't want to take away the shine from these other, you know, rock musicians or these other sort of pop rock musicians. Even though I think there's a very reasonable reason to induct her into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But, you know, I mean, it's also, it also kind of, it also kind of sucks that, she might have been a shoe in and it'd be great to have another woman mm. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, to be perfectly honest, because mm -hmm. there aren't a whole lot of them. And maybe the person that or the, the entity that gets that gets inducted instead of her, if she was the shoe in, will be a man or an all male group. I don't know. But then again, we don't even know if the Rock and Roll or somebody else fully outside right. of rock. Yeah, someone else on the ballot this year that is also not really from the world of rock music. 
Eminem, perhaps. Eminem is a shoe in He oh, will absolutely that... be inducted, and he is not a rock musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, but I think what you said is exactly right. I think it's like coming from the world of country. The idea of genre is very um, ingrained in like that world where it's like you you are honoring this country tradition, and you make. Um, you know, specific steps like, OK, I'm going to do this pop song, but I'm not leaving country kind of like Taylor Swift saying 1989 is my first pop album. It's like you have to announce your genre because things aren't or weren't, I should say, as fluid within the world of country as they are maybe now in in the in music world where things are not quite as like regimented. But I, I hope that she will be a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame someday. Um, I think it's adorable that she's going to go out and make a rock album. I hope that truly happens. And uh, and it cements her spot where she deserves to be. I, there's just so much to say about this. And it's just one of those things where, I mean, everyone has an opinion on stuff like this because everyone everyone loves to debate all of their favorite artists, no matter what it is. Like, oh, who has the greatest album? Who has their favorite, you know, who has the best song? Or who should be in whatever rock and roll, whatever. I do feel like, though, it wouldn't be weird if she were inducted and, and not at all. No. Well, and I think maybe you're I and I might be reading too much into what you're saying, but like she's always been somebody who has kind of like broken down barriers and and she's never had like a narrow view of the world. Her view has always been very wide open. And so this is this is taking on a very narrow, limited definition of of rock and roll and like and limiting it to a genre, which doesn't feel necessarily like a dolly thing yeah i i i think i think we don't really know it feels like she might be very focused on the name rock and roll Mm -hmm. and maybe she just sincerely feels like she would be taking the place of say like a pat benatar or a a a Devo, which may have contributed more to what she considers rock and roll music or rock music. But I mean, Jolene, that's a rock but, song, but, in my opinion. But, <laughs> I mean, even if you you sort of put aside, like, even if you say, OK, look, she's arguably never made what would be considered a straight ahead rock record. Her influence on rock musicians is pretty undeniable. Mm-hmm. Her influence mm-hmm. on female singer-songwriters is undeniable. The fact mm-hmm. that she herself has, you know, written almost all of her music, famously refused to um, give away her publishing royalties on a song that Elvis Presley wanted to cover in the 70s because that was kind of the rule at the time. If Elvis was going to cover you, you basically gave away your royalties on the song, even if you wrote it. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do yeah. that. And the, these these songs are my babies and these things are going to make me money. So, yep. And the fact that she has has dabbled in so many different genres of music, period. Yep. Pop music, yep. Christian music. Uh, you know, country music, bluegrass, Americana. Yes, the, the 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 home base there is always country, and she knows that. But you know, so much of rock and roll is also based in country music too, for Pete's sake. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Well, I hope, I hope, I hope. You know, she maybe changes her mind at some point, and uh, if not this year, soon. She needs to be in. That's the, I guess our bottom line is she deserves to and should be in someday. I mean, and it's. I mean, what, 
it's her choice to withdraw, but she should. I mean, there there have been examples, by the way, of acts in the past, like rock acts who have declined or demurred from their induction. Um, Axl Rose, when Guns N' Roses was inducted, he didn't show up and he was like, I don't want to be inducted in absence either. And they still did. Uh, The Sex Pistols were inducted at some point in the past, and I forget which year. And they were like, we ain't showing up and we're going to send you a letter. And Jan Winner uh, read the letter at the induction ceremony and basically said, we've accepted this on your behalf and we have your awards here at the the museum. And if you want to show up and break them or throw them at something, happy to see you there. Um, (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see what the Rock Hall does. And by the time you hear this, they could have already announced what they're going to do. And as has been reported already, like there some people have already sent their ballots in for this year and fan voting is already underway. So um, there there is that. And I mean, they could make the decision to not honor her wishes. But who says no to Dolly? And then, like you said, if she asked not to do this and they put her in any way, then you're risking her not showing up and not participating. And that's no fun. So someday. And then that whole thing. Oh, boy, I'm talking too much. But. That's the other thing, too, where it's like, well, who who controls? Who controls what a body of people determine what that body of people want to honor? And so, I mean, this is a a tale as old as time, though, because it's like it's like Taylor Swift asking the Recording Academy not to consider her Taylor's version re-records of albums. They could just go ahead and not honor her wishes and put them in for contention anyway. But she's asking and they have a friendly relationship with these artists. And I'd say don't want to go against their wishes. But when when um, what was it? um, Was it Chance the Rapper or or took took himself off or, you know, when I mean, oh, Frank Frank Ocean Ocean or when Drake, 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 Kanye, Kanye, they've all like, it's like, well, if 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 whatever this body of people is or this organization is that is supposed to be voting on the most popular artist or the most enduring artist or the best recordings of the year, they then are said, oh, no, 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 wait, but not these or not this person because they don't Mm -hmm. want to be part of your organization. And when that organization is depending on these people and these record labels and these entities and these managers and agents and everyone to show up and give them money or to participate or to accept their mm-hmm. award, it becomes kind of complicated as opposed yep. to it's just Keith and Katie talking about, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I, I think that this conversation proves how complicated it is. It is. It is. Um, so we'll leave it at that. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine if someone just said, uh, "Remove me from the Hot 100"? I don't want to be on your Hot 100 chart anymore. I mean, we wouldn't do that because that's data. We work in numbers, and same thing with like nobody could say, "Don't consider me for a Billboard Music Award" because that's just sales. I mean, to bring up a recent example, we didn't make Morgan Wallen ineligible. We just didn't invite him to our show, but he, still won. he was the top country artist of the year, and that was undeniable because we work with numbers. This. This is more subjective and squishy. Yeah. It's like, who's the best creators? And uh, that, you know, you can honor a, a class of creators without including Dolly. And it could still be a very worthy class um, without Dolly being there. So it's a little bit, you know, yeah. we, that's why we like numbers, Keith. <laughs> numbers don't lie, Keith. It's also fun to debate <laughs> these things, too. OK, let's move on. Um, OK, so now it's time for the chart stat of the week. And we're going to keep it Dolly focused. Hey, so Katie, 
Which of these Billboard charts has Dolly Parton not had a number one on? We've got Hot Country Songs, <sighs> Top Country Albums, the Billboard Hot 100, the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Adult Contemporary, Christian Airplay, Bluegrass Albums, Americana Folk Albums, and Top Holiday Albums. Which one of those charts has Dolly not had a number one on? Okay, so two guesses are popping out at me first. I'm pretty sure that that nine to five was a number one on the Hot 100, which is why I'm going to stay away from that one. But I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Billboard 200 Keith's flagship albums chart. <laughs> Sadly, you are correct. Dolly Parton Yay! has never had a number one album on the all genre Billboard 200 albums chart. She's had a number one on every one of those other charts. She was number one twice mm -hmm. on the Hot 100 with Nine to Five, as well as Islands in the Stream with Kenny Rogers. Hey, Kenny, of course. R.I.P. Um, yeah, that's I, I looking at that list. If I had not known that she had those two pop hits, I would have gone for the Hot 100. It, it, but it, um, she I can't name a Dolly Parton album. That's probably my own personal problem. So uh, but I, I I feel like the 200, if you're a country artist, it's like you got to be able to like name an album to have gotten through. Well, country country music was sort of wildly underrepresented on the Billboard 200 as well as the Billboard Hot 100 um, for the longest time, uh, especially mm -hmm. like pre pre-SoundScan era, 1991 onward, which we call them now MRC data, because even though it was very popular, it was very much a country radio-oriented genre. And even though people like George Strait, Reba McIntyre, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, Dolly, you know, the Judds were all like selling gobs and gobs of records and racking up huge hits on country radio, it was kind of underrepresented on the Billboard 200 back in the day. Under indexing versus the under pop indexing the because back in the day the album chart uh, was based upon what record retailers would tell Billboard they were selling well, and if those record retailers were under reporting, you know, a Kenny Rogers album, even though Kenny Rogers did have a number one album on the Billboard 200, I want to point that out, then it wouldn't be sort of registered on, on the charts. Now, when SoundScan came along, now MRC Data, it was immediately evident what was happening with how record stores were reporting their sales to Billboard. Genres like rap, country, and hard rock, heavy metal music suddenly was really high on the charts. And that's why mm -hmm. instantaneously, we had number ones from Skid Row, NWA, and Garth Brooks. So this all comes back to numbers don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> when there is are humans involved. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's the uh, end of our chart stat and our endless Dolly ramble. Ah, we'll always love you, Dolly. We will always love you. And here we are on something called the Pop Shop Podcast, talking about Dolly Parton withdrawing from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she's a core country artist. Genre is a construct, and we are just here to appreciate popular music in general, whatever the label may be. When did you first become aware of Dolly Parton, That you, if you can remember? Um, when I was a kid. Well, you know what the sad fact is? It's like I will always when I you. was a kid... 
No, I I did I ne- I didn't know that song until Whitney Houston. Well, that's did what it. I mean. Did like, you learn I, about Dolly because oh, of Whitney? But like, but then I found out years later that Dolly wrote that song. Like I had no idea. Like I I thought of her as like a character, as a caricature, really, of like like a buxom blonde lady from nine to five. And uh, my mom is a musical fan, so Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, like stuff like that. That's what I knew her from um, before knowing her, of her as a musician. She was like a character to me as a child. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm a child of the 80s, I should say. So that's like, that's what I grew up knowing. And my parents also were not country fans. So it's like I didn't get her music around the house. And so I literally just knew of her as like kind of an actress more than anything else. Dolly has has worked so hard in such a seamless way that she has permeated pop culture and American music and music around the world by bringing her music to the masses through unconventional ways in, I mean, just look at nine to five, which a film that came out 40 years ago and there's a, her first movie, her first movie. There's a documentary coming out uh, soon. I believe it premieres maybe at South by Southwest. I could be wrong. Um, by the way, I think there's a cover of nine to five in it that Kelly Clarkson might do as well. Oh, um, it sounds great. But um, she she knew she knew that doing a movie like nine to five will raise her visibility and bring her music to more people. She knew that doing the Bessel Whorehouse in Texas would do that. She knew that doing the film Steel Magnolias would do that. She knew that having Whitney cover I Will Always Love You would bring her and her music to more people. And if 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 people aren't going to play country music on pop radio, she's going to find other ways to get people to know who she is. And that's why we're talking about her in 2022. By the way, she has a brand new album that just came out. Run Rose Run, a a, Mm -hmm. an album that is sort of a companion piece to a novel that she wrote with James Patterson because Dolly again, finding unconventional ways to access people, finding unconventional (laughs) ways to to reach people uh, that maybe you wouldn't have reached previously. And is and then I think just following your through line also to do like a ton of good in the community that she came from, like when there's a, you know, tornado or whatever, like she, she is just always there when they when she's trying to help with literacy with like Dolly's book club, where millions she gets books of books to, to, to little kids. And it's just like everything she does, it's not for like self prosperity. It's like to do good and give back to where she came from. Come on, let her in. <laughs> just <laughs> she deserves to be in any Hall of Fame that exists. Rock Hall, Pop Hall, Bluegrass Hall. Put her in. Put her in the Baseball Hall the, of Fame. I don't know. Park <laughs> Hall of Fame for Dollywood. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, what song should we go out on on this? Oh my God, Mega Dolly uh, show. It, it, we didn't plan it that it, this would turn into this, but it did. I feel like you mentioned there you go again. Like that is just such a good Here song. You come again. Let's let's go out on that. that that'll be the sequel <laughs> version that she's going to release this year. There, there you went again. <laughs> there you. Um, all right. Hey, it's you again. <laughs> all right, we'll go out on "Here You Come Again," and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.